This is Meet My Followers, episode number 44 for October 5th, 2010. Hi, I'm your host, Kate Dworkin, and this is the podcast where I interview my actual Twitter followers. Today's guest is Christopher James Van Slyke at ChrisVS. That's K-R-Y-S-V-S. Today's guest is a member of the Phoenix internet community, or at least that's the way I know him. Um, you know, between the Ignite Phoenix talks that he's given and uh, just being at a lot of different events, uh, I, I've got to, at least in passing, know Chris pretty well. Chris, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. So you've listened to an episode or two before. Go ahead and uh, I'm, you know the flow. I basically step out of the way and let you introduce yourself to the listeners. All right. Uh, my name is Christopher James Van Slyke, and uh, I've done a lot of different stuff right now. I'm working with Red Pair and Tempe, but I also do music and uh, stuff stuff like that on the side. And I'm a dad and a lot of other things, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of one of those weird questions to be like, ah, this is all that I do. But, uh, you know, <laughs> music is uh, one of those things that I know is a personal passion of yours. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, well, uh you know, when I was when I was a kid, I got into, you know, choir and stuff like that in school. And then I got into orchestra and uh, was playing orchestra like at my church. And uh, as I was coming out of junior high, the high school band director went to our church and he came up to me and said, hey, you're going to be in jazz band. And I'm like, what? And uh, he's like, no, seriously, you're going to be in jazz band. And I'm so glad that I did it because it gave me this thorough understanding of music at a deeper level, the music theory side of things. And uh, from there... Um, once I got that, then music just kind of clicked for me, and now it's just something that I get, and uh, I love it. I um, I still play, uh, even though it's not my full-time job, I, I play uh, semi-professionally. I do some some session work for people or some uh, which uh, studio work, and in addition to that, I'll do some support for people and for live things, that kind of thing, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I really dig it. You know, I've I've seen you know, well, I've obviously seen the piano that's in your office, which is pretty freaking rad on a number of levels. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, I've also seen your your talk that you gave uh, with Brandon on uh, you know kind of the uh, beatboxing and other fun stuff about music in that respect. Mm -hmm. Talk to talk to the folks about uh, that that experience and and what you what your talk at Ignite Phoenix was about. Sure. Um, you know, Brandon and I, uh, you know, we each did music in high school. He played a clarinet and uh, in marching band and then uh on his own learned hand percussion and he's actually a really good hand percussionist does congas and those kind of things but we both kind of independently uh developed an interest in beatbox just because it's kind of fun and for me i uh, am a dreadful whistler but i can beatbox pretty well and uh and so it's just kind of the thing that i would find myself doing like if i'm in the car or whatever and then after a certain point it was something that i actually intentionally started practicing and uh you know would do it here and there and it's a thing that I take for granted. And when I did my first uh, slideshow karaoke at Ignite, uh, the slideshow karaoke, uh, for those who don't know, is uh, you get up on stage and you're presented with six slides you've never seen before and you need to present on them as if you'd planned this all along. And so going up there, um, a thing that I know about improv is it helps if you have kind of a, uh, a wireframe kind of in your mind before you see anything, when you have some things you're going to go with. And so I thought maybe I'll, I'll do something musical. And uh, there was a picture of a kitten up on the screen. And so I uh, was like, okay, I guess I'll sing some song. And I ended up beatboxing with the song just kind of without thinking about it. And the beatbox got just as much, if not more attention than the, the song. And I realized, oh, this is something that I take for granted because I do it. But uh, people don't necessarily know that much about it. 
and so that led to us doing that presentation and it was a lot of fun. It was it was surprisingly hard to do a two-person presentation with my coworker who I share an office with. We've never had time to actually sit down and and do it. It was like like pulling teeth to get it together, but uh, I think it came together well and and people seemed to enjoy it and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, as as a member of the audience in the slideshow karaoke where you did that, it was one of those moments where you see something where it's completely unexpected and you sit there and you start to beatbox and I went oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and sure enough, it was. And then the presentation at the next Ignite covering kind of beatbox in a more in-depth and, and kind of music theory kind of way was very interesting as well because it, it shows that you care about this stuff. Yeah, and I mean, beatbox is such a, actually this this huge deep topic if you want to get into the history of hip-hop and the significance of it and all the different styles that are out there and the people who did it. I mean, with only the five minutes of, of ignite it was it was kind of hard to pick and so we left out a lot of the um, a lot of the history and a lot of the pioneers and ended up spending more time just talking about the how and uh, and the hey here's how to make your own beat and here's how it works and let's do it together sure yeah it's it's always interesting to me to, to look at what the human voice can do right i mean obviously i i've you know sang in a lot of different groups and done a lot of stuff like that but you know mm -hmm. when i can see something that's original like like beatbox or like the guys over at naturally seven who you know do their kind of vocal play where they you know mimic instruments it's it's just yeah. it's brilliant stuff to to watch and as as you know someone who uses your voice and and uh you know plays an instrument you know how much how hard and how much time and effort needs to go into that yeah and you know it's like i said it's when i decided to kind of start practicing it you know then it's like okay this it seems like this kind of silly pursuit but really like in order to get good at something you, you need to practice it absolutely talk to me a little bit though i mean you know you sent over a couple of little notes uh, about stuff that that i may or may not have known about you and one of the things that really caught my attention was that you've actually helped score films um uh, let's see i've played on a couple film scores i didn't okay. i didn't create the scores you, for them but you executed on it yeah yeah uh there was two different there's two different producers there's a couple different producers i play for in town but two of them uh had connections for these films that were going on the first one was 14 days in america which was a um, an independent film about this guy. He would go to different cities and film uh, film different stories and people there that he found interesting. And the music was kind of this range of, of instrumental tunes that were instrumental rock, some of them a little bit in the Explosions in the Sky genre. I don't know if you're familiar with that band, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, they did the Friday Night Lights soundtrack. Anyway, uh, it was that style of thing. And uh, and so he called me in and I just kind of played it down, played my bass tracks. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that was that one. And then the one that I sent you an actual video clip of was uh, a film called Arizona Summer, which is about this, uh, this camp, these kids that are at camp in Arizona, of all places. And, uh, and it's a family type of movie and fairly to extremely cheesy somewhere in there. And um, Morgan Fairchild is in it. And uh, the, uh, there's the opening track is this kind of hard rock um, uh, this hard rock tune that the kid is listening to in his headphones, so I got to play that. But then the rest of it is orchestral and with actual written music that I had to read, and uh, I you know, played on that. And it was it was a fun project to be a part of. It wasn't you know a high budget thing. These are you, I was able to get uh, get Arizona Summer on Netflix, and so that was kind of cool to be able to actually finally see it after all this time because oh, wow. it wasn't because it's not like it spent a lot of time in theaters or anything like that. But it was on Netflix, and so I was able to see it, and that's how I was able to capture it and put it on Facebook. Wow, that's that's very cool. I mean, obviously, you know, music is a major portion to your life, but it's not all of your life. 
So yeah. what are some of the other things? I mean, obviously, I know that you are a, a, a dedicated, an absolutely dedicated father. So, you know, t- talk to me about some of the other interests so, away from music that, that you have going on. Sure. Uh, yeah, my kids are just my life. They're, they're great. I have two daughters. The oldest just turned three. And uh, the, the, our youngest is about one and a half. Uh, you know, parents always use months up until about three. So she's 21 months old. And uh, they're great and opposites. My oldest is a little bit more like my wife and the youngest is a little bit more like me. And it's just great to see our personalities reflected in them and see them develop their own personalities and their own things. And of course I've got them working on beatbox, which is important. Um, uh, but uh, we just took the oldest to Disneyland and for her first time. And so, you know, with, you know, you take for granted that everyone has this preconception of Disneyland in their minds. We're like, Hey, we're going to Disneyland. And she's like, okay, <laughs> she says, you know, we're going to Mickey Mouse's house that she kind of got. And so we went there and had a great time. And of course now, since we've come back, she just assumes that every day that's an option. She's like, can we go to Disneyland today? It's like, no, no, it's, it's not quite that simple, but, uh, but well, yeah, they're a, they're a hoot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kids are amazing because, you know, as parents and as someone who, you know, I have a, a lot of friends right now who are actually, you know, either having kids or have recently had kids. Um, and so, you know, especially once they clear kind of 18 months, two years, they end up uh, really being a lot of fun because they make you a kid again in some respects. And you get to play and, and, and have fun and experience things through their eyes, which is always a blast. Yeah. And, you know, once they start developing their own language and expression, then it's uh they become in a lot of ways they become a an interesting mirror and you realize the like wow i say that and uh, um and uh, it's just they they see the world in you know in a in a brand new way everything is new and everything is nothing is taken for granted and it really helps you to enjoy those moments and look at the world in a different way yeah they definitely they definitely focus on the now better than i think us as adults typically do uh they're more worried about their current state and and in some respects are extremely mindful so if we can use them Mm -hmm. as 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 a mirror to get back to that all the better yeah let's talk about some of the other things though i mean I, i know that that you know obviously there's the work side of life but you know is there anything else that you're like crazy passionate into that most people would never guess um Let's see. I think most of the people who know me on uh, Twitter, if they're, I mean, I, most of your listeners probably don't know me at all, but uh, those who know me on Twitter and from around the community probably don't know that I used to be in full-time music ministry at a local church. And for like eight years, I did that. Wow. And, uh, and that was very formative in my life. It really taught me a lot about people and uh, music and doing music in a group and producing and creativity like intentional creativity with deadlines and those kind of things and um it's 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 the kind of thing that I, if you're not part of it people you know probably don't think of, of all that goes into it but uh i've you know i did that for for that extended period and really uh really enjoyed it and um and it's still something that i'm i'm connected with and uh, like for example this weekend i'm filling in for a friend of mine who uh who need someone to cover at his church this weekend. So I'm going to be doing the music, working with his band, uh, playing guitar and singing. And my wife's going to sing with me. And, uh, and that's something that I really dig doing. Well, especially because, you know, for you, that's something that, that really resonates, right? And that's a skill set that once you've acquired it, you have it for the rest of your life and it can be called on pretty much at any point in time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And, and there's some cool things that I'm able to do there that I really don't find exactly the same elsewhere. For example, Working with a band of volunteers at a church, um, I'm kind of, you know, I have to work with with whoever's there. And 
it's pretty rare in life that I would have like, this kind of situation where I have, you know, a, a bass player who learned in, you know, the 60s and some, you know, 18-year-old drummer and some keyboard who was class keyboard player who was classically trained and is trying to learn pop stuff. Yeah, and, and some people from completely different walks of life and completely different even musical backgrounds and musical vocabularies, getting them to create one unified thing. And, uh, and that's really, really cool. I really dig that community even within the ensemble. I mean, um, at least musically speaking, it's not something that you're typically going to see. No, I mean, you, yeah, there's just a lot of work that needs to be done and, and a lot of understanding. But when you guys have that, that same kind of base level respect for one another, and I think that that's mm -hmm. something that is always huge with musicians regardless, um, yeah. you know, it just makes it so much easier to actually execute. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit more. I mean, you know, there, there's obviously something away from, you know, the music stuff and, and, and the dad stuff and the work stuff. But, I mean, there's got to be an interest out there that, that uh, most people don't know about around you. Uh, yeah, I've, lately I've been getting more into video editing and doing that uh, doing that for other people. I did that for, for Fillage, which is the relationship management process that, uh, that Red Pair kind of spawned and incubated and is now kind of its own thing. So if you're using Village and you hit any of the training videos, that's my voice and my music in the background and my video edits. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, uh, really anymore, it seems so, so much of my time is spent. I'm, I'm working, I'm with my kids and I'm, or I'm doing music and, uh, you know, not not a whole lot else anymore. I mean, that's hey, uh, that, but those are, are three great things to have in your life. I'll, I'll be honest. But uh, I mean, talk to me about this video editing thing. I mean, is it something that you know what you were doing it just out of necessity because you're a creative guy and this is just another potential creative outlet? So you just decided to pick up and do it, or did you have any experience beforehand? Uh, I had some experience beforehand. Uh, the guy who was my musical mentor back in the day when I was doing church ministry, he also he got into to doing some video production and he had some bigger projects he needed some help on. And so he trained me and he was the, uh, very much a details guy, a stickler for really clean edits and those kind of things. And so I'd kind of throw something together and he'd show me why it sucked and, uh, you know, but, but walk me through all that. And so now I bring all that, all that knowledge and that mindset to, you know, to doing a video edit. And so it's, uh, it's fun. And there's, there's kind of that Zen like quality of, of you know when you're doing something like even if it's like wrapping a package or or pulling weeds or in this case editing a video that zen like state of okay I'm I'm doing this process and I'm you know I'm do, I'm doing it kind of for its own sake but also it's serving a greater purpose for this you know whether it's a business or whatever and uh, and so yeah I really I really dig doing it well yeah you're you're the creative mind I feel is always stressing to get back to a flow zone where everything kind of goes away except for that task and video editing. I know for me was always one of those things that could really do it. So if you're starting to find alternative ways to do that as well, uh, through video editing or anything else in life, good on you, Chris, one of the things that I love to do when I close out the show is, uh, ask people who are some of the folks that they're following on Twitter who, uh, they love consuming, uh, or you love consuming their content. Uh, sure. One of your, uh, one of the guys you already interviewed, mm -hmm. Hepnova, Nicholas DiBiase. He is an awesome, creative guy, and uh, full of love for everyone, for the community, doing great stuff. Super creative. Um, Tyler Hurst is uh, one of the guys that I love to follow, uh, and I can say without, you know, without worrying about how he would hear it. When I first started hearing about him, following him, I thought he was just a complete jerk. And uh, the more that I've gotten to know him, the more I've gotten to follow him. 
the more I've come to respect and, and dig him. His uh, He's T.D. Hurst on Twitter and just about everywhere else. Um, let's see. I also follow, uh, you know, Derek and Jade at Gangplank. I uh, follow, obviously, you know, Brandon and the guys at work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, follow you, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> knock that shit off, dude. I don't need that in my podcast. <laughs> One of my favorites is Kate. Morgan. Yeah, dude, it's so funny to hear people say that. I mean, and it's it's one of those where I don't want that, but it, it's <laughs> it, it's true, right? I mean, that's how that's how the show works. Yeah, I suppose if I wasn't following, then it wouldn't have worked out that way. Exactly. But uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I really dug your uh, ignite presentation. I've uh, I've any time that I see a CD case uh, of the the CDR, <laughs> the CDRs, I, every time I see one of those, I think of you, and I, I try to point it out that way. <laughs> But, uh, just, just for some context for folks, I, I actually uh, gave a presentation on the art of misusing things, and one of the things that I did, I, I kind of showcased, was how a uh, CDR for like I think it's twenty or twenty-five CDs can actually be cleaned out and then made a, a single-use bagel holder, and it is a phenomenal misuse of that, and it's a perfect shape and it works. So yeah, it's it's stellar, and I'm sure quite a conversation piece if people ever see it. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those where you break it out in, in the office, especially since I'm doing all this contract and consulting work recently, and they're like, what? That is amazing! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, use what's, use what's around you in different and unique ways. Is there anybody else that you're following that you want to just point the light on just for real briefly? Oh, yeah, a couple more people I follow, some more creatives. Uh, Sonny Thopper, he's uh, funny, but also insightful, and again, just kind of a cool guy in the community. Yep. Um, Zach Newsom, uh, Z Newsom on Twitter. He uh, he's got a lot of cool stuff. He's involved with Phoenix Design Week as well as as Fractal in Phoenix, and he does brew parties and First Friday parties. And he's just a cool guy downtown. Hmm. There's there's somebody I don't know. There you go. You should follow Zach. He's awesome. And go to go to his house for a brew party. He has people over uh, who do home brewing, and uh, they have like a little oh, kind of informal contest that people come over and drink the beer and have a good time. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Chris, thank you for pointing out all those folks. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, and every once in a while, like, like I do today, I find somebody new. But there you go. Uh, also, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Dude, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Well, that pretty much finishes up this episode of Meet My Followers. I hope that you enjoyed meeting Chris. Please follow him on Twitter. That's at K-R-Y-S-V-S. And uh, if you get a chance to meet him up in person, say hi, shake his hand. He's one of the nicest guys in the community that I know, uh, so don't hesitate to uh, introduce yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. I hope to see you back tomorrow when uh, we've got another great guest on the show. Either way, though, guys, go out there and have a great day.